You didn't know about Korea? Do you well, know there are mountains in Korea? I've never seen Corsairs around snow in my life, so it just seemed, it seemed uh, way out of place. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've got pictures of them lashed to a carrier deck covered in tarps, and yeah, uh, it looks it's pretty harsh. Brutal. Well, they don't call it the Forgotten War for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> All right, are we recording? Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Well, hello! Welcome to the RC Roundtable. You did that before. <laughs> you got to do something different. What Come was on. that supposed to be? Do, do your Bond, James Bond kind of, Bond. you know, intro or something. Hello. Well, uh, hello there, uh, don't you know. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's my... Terrible Upper Midwest accent. Uh, you're listening to Is that episode, directed at me? Uh, both of you. Well, I'm south now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, but... I'm back. I'm back home. <laughs> I'm firmly Upper Midwest as of today. Well, gee golly. <laughs> no. Oh, gee, okay, let's just stop right there. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, you we haven't guessed it already. This is the RC Round Table, and episode 156. And we're sorry. Is it? Wow, gosh. We <laughs> yes. came to a screeching halt somehow. <laughs> yes. And those two goons making fun of me, mocking me, is uh, Terry Dunn? We're laughing with you. Not uh, oh, wait. No, we are laughing at you. <laughs> we're not, it's out. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and Lee Ray. Yes. Yes, that's me. And I'm nobody because I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm taking enough abuse. We, we need you, Fitz. It's, we need all three parts, man. No, it's like a brushless motor. Go. <laughs> all three phases were we need all three phases <laughs> <laughs> hey that's an alternate name for this run for this podcast three phases uh, yeah, okay. third rail third no, rail that's, that's different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah that's got the wrong connotation all right anyways welcome uh we want to apologize for this broadcast being a little bit late but we, we have apologize for nothing well, I'm apologizing for that one person that's saying, hey, wait a minute, the show, I had to wait three weeks for the show. Well, well, we've been busy. What's the point of apologizing if you mock them? <laughs> I'm not mocking them, I'm making, using an example. Okay, sorry, carry on, I'll stop interrupting. Okay, well anyways, I was just saying that uh, uh, both Lee and Terry have been quite busy these past couple of weeks, and so we shall interrogate them to see what the heck they've been doing, wasting our time. Yeah, I want to point out, there was once a time when if one of us wasn't available, just the other two would do it or we'd have a guest or something. Whatever happened to that? Well, you both were not, or were not available. Simultaneous-like? Yes. So oh. I want to talk to myself. Okay. Well, <laughs> I do that sometimes. <laughs> well, you know, we don't talk about that. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, we should keep our options open. And there's plenty of guests that we're trying to get on, so... Yeah, yeah. Hopefully uh, next show we'll have a guest, as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. we got a really cool one that's agreed to come on the show, so we just got to coordinate and see if he's uh, available to do it. Okie doke. Fantastic. All right, so what do we start with? What do we do? We've got so much to talk about, so much good stuff. Well, we had originally, not originally, at some point last week, we were talking about having a live show while Lee was at Oshkosh. We did not. Was it because of your connectivity or oh, you busy? Or? Can, it was both. Connectivity okay. is horrible out there. 
Uh, I could only get about two bars, and my kids were screaming at me, <laughs> we can't pull up anything, we can't play our games. Uh, it was bad. So the only time we really had any connectivity was when we left Oshkosh and went back to Fond du Lac to go back to our hotel. So unfortunately, that was not an option. And I really wanted to do something like that. I even was considering doing a video just to give you guys to see if you could to play it, but it was just so busy out there. That was a good thing. It was a uh, what do you call it? Uh, productive busyness. Is that word? <laughs> yeah, there's a difference between busy and being productive. So I'm glad yeah. you're well, productive. Well, I guess that's a good segue because uh, Lee was at AirVenture 2022, a.k.a. Oshkosh. And I'm sure you have a lot to talk about for what happened there. I do, but I'm going to give you guys permission to push the buzzer to like interrupt me or cut me off because I know I could ramble a long time and you could you can catch all of this. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> oh, I prefer man. a gong show analogy. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, I'll wait for the gong. Uh, I'm sure I will talk more about this on the next episode of AMA Air uh, for AMA. We'll have that on August 15th, so stay tuned for that because that's probably going to be a big highlight of our show. We'll probably have other staff members from the AMA involved, such as Kyle Jarris, who uh, was running UAS for STEM, and uh, gosh, we can get Mark Radcliffe in too, the district VP. That would be awesome because he, he worked his butt off for us and at the RC flying site, Pioneer Runway next to the EAA Museum. Uh, we were very busy, and he was graciously volunteering his time to teach some new pilots, you know, intro pilots, how to fly, and that was a blast. All right, cool. So would you say it was busier at the RC field than it was last year? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. We actually kind of had a mini follow-up meeting on Saturday after our last one, just going, what, what could we do different, what could we do better, and a lot of people agreed we need more pilot stations. We need more stations dedicated to intro pilots because there was a time I saw the list of people waiting to fly, and it must have been eight. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I was unable to be one of the instructors because I was the flight boss. I got to <laughs> yell at people. And by the way, we did a couple of times. I'll go into that if you'd like. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we, we had a flight boss. We had people observing. We had uh, some great staff members from the AMA helping us organize the intro pilots. And we also had a great deal of people bring their planes out there to fly. So, so for the intro pilots, was there like a club trainer that they buddy boxed on? <laughs> there, there was. <laughs> that sound good. <laughs> no, we we lost one, and uh, I can touch it. Well, let's let's start at the RC flying event. We we were donated several Aero Scouts from Horizon Hobby, and we've had those for a couple of years, so nothing new. And we had, I think it was, uh, gosh darn it, was it Pat Tillman? I am so sorry, I forgot who. Someone donated an Aero Scout and painted it up for the AMA. We actually used it for Camp AMA this summer. And so we had that plane. Notice how I use the word had. And uh, <laughs> it got away from somebody. And I think it took a nosedive and there was very little left. I did uh, pull it apart to take all the servos and electronics. And it wasn't too bad. Um, but we'll hopefully get a new fuselage and landing gear and stuff to replace it. But I digress. So we had an Aero Scout. And I will do a shout out to my son, Austin. I, I asked first and he said, okay. But I asked if we could borrow his aero scout and he kindly did so <laughs> and like uh the next day we had someone on the sticks and 
we both saw his Aero Scout going in a vertical dive. <laughs> and it gets better. It went vertical dive behind some trees. We thought we had lost it. And I basically told the guy who was training to just go ahead and give it full power and lift up. And we saw it pop its head out up the trees. It did a loop. And then we recovered it. <laughs> it was it was wild. It was and we were all laughing because it was hilarious. But boy, we thought for sure that thing was goner. And I remember Austin coming up to me, going, "Dad, remember you said if they crash it, you buy me a new one." <laughs> uh, but the Aero Scout is a great trainer, and we could have another podcast about that. The uh, Horizon or is it E Flight? Yeah, yeah, sure. It's yeah, a nice little trainer. We had a lot of people flying it. I didn't have the buddy box system for mine so i was letting people just hold on to the transmitter i basically just kept my hand on that safe switch and so if people got you know a little little loopy doopy i went back to basic mode and recovered and that was all i really needed to do so uh, it worked out well people seemed very happy to be able to fly that aero scout for you know five to six minutes uh, they had a good time and you know a lot of people said they just couldn't believe they were at air venture flying a model airplane <laughs> i was going to ask you that so if my understanding is correct, that is the busiest airport in the world during that week. And yet you've set up an RC field right on the perimeter of it. Yeah. And you, I'm going to jump in. I mean, you know me. I have no structure. I'm just going to start throwing random thoughts. So we have, we were given, excuse me, specific time slots. So we couldn't fly until we were told the helicopters were down. And so once the helicopters were down, usually around 6.15, they would give us the, someone would call and say, okay, you guys have Pioneer Runway. And then we'd fly until dark. But we were given this um, cutoff time on Thursday for 8.15. And we had some folks there when we announced that on the PA that, you know, hey, guys, we're going to have to cut it short. We have to be done at 8.15. They go, what do you mean? We, we just got here. And why? We, we, we invited people over here. And. I was like, guys, we, we were just told we had to be down by 8.15. So at 8.14, there were two planes in the air, and I actually gave them a countdown. You know, I was actually looking at my watch. I was like, guys, we, we got to get down. And I'm guilty. One of them was my son. But the two, the two pilots, they were, they were having a grand old time, and they both came down. You know, it was like kind of fun, like who can get down at the last second. And not three minutes later, we had three planes come over at 300 feet, three military planes. I think it was an F-18, uh, a Corsair, and the F-35. Nice. Oh, right. Heritage flight? Right. Yeah. Right over our heads. I mean, wow. and, and we all, it's so funny because I didn't say it, but I think one of the other uh, in, uh, instructors looked at everybody and said, and that's why we had to come down at 815. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we, we were given restrictions and we followed them and it was great. And I'll tell you, there's nothing like flying there. The runway is huge, guys. And so, gosh, if I were to guesstimate the section we had, probably... Okay, I'm going to say it. 900 feet to 1,000 feet. Wow. So, is this the full-scale runway that's behind the museum? Yes. Oh, I never put okay. those pieces together. Yeah. If you go to the museum, the there's like a viewing area that's like a control tower, and it overlooks the runway. And yeah, it's a big runway. It is. Nice big grass and, runway. And we had a geotech section put out there. It worked great. We had we had a lot of people thanking us for that uh, who brought their own planes. And, uh, you know, my little... I guess task was I wanted to see how many times I could spot land. I think of all the flights I had, I probably had 19 out of 20 landings on the uh, geotechs. So okay. I missed one. So wait a minute, just to clarify. Sure. Could, could you or could you not flying during the day? Not... Could not. Uh, now let me back up there. We could not. 
the section we were at, the Pioneer Runway itself, was set for the helicopter rides. However, okay. closer to Kid Venture was a grass field that was dedicated to a local AMA club offering, I say demo flights, but there was more of a buddy box system where they really controlled it. They had they kept it in a much tighter airspace than what we did. And they also had control line over there. So that was further away towards the hangars. Oh, so you had but two or three different places to fly then. Well, and but those sections were only piloted or controlled by AMA pilots. There were no people okay. bringing their own planes. Gotcha. So that was more of a demonstration area. We were actually on the runway. Right. So could you fly in the morning? No, negative. Only from 6.30 till dark. Okay. Okay. But it's still RC and full scale operating together in harmony within, what, a mile of each other? Yeah. I mean, okay. I, this is, <laughs> you know, I mentioned earlier that I got to yell a couple of times. I, I don't <laughs> like yelling, but the EAA meetings we had made it very clear that guys, full scale has priority. If anything oh, oh. comes near you, you bring it down. Yeah. And so we don't want to lose our opportunities to fly there ever again. It is too much fun. And I didn't want to lose it for Terry's sake. Right. <laughs> you know, Terry hasn't been there yet. He needs Don't to ruin it there. before I get there. <laughs> exactly. I was thinking about you, Terry, the whole time. And all it would take is one close call, and, the, well, and you know which one they're going to pull the plug on. Well, we have to. Uh, this is kind of boring, but we had a safety speech every at the beginning of every session every day, and so. Once you heard the safety speech, you got a wristband. Anybody who came in later had to come see me, and I'd give them this safety speech again. And the, the important parts were the following. Number one, have fun. Number two, full-scale rules, so you have to be out of their way. And number three, call out every maneuver you're doing. Taking off, landing on the runway, you know, dead stick, yada, so everybody can hear you, so we can all hear you, so we can all make sure we're safe. And the key one was we had a couple of planes come really close, and... I was instantly like telling everybody, get down, get down, get down. And some people, some people were laughing. It's like, it's no big deal. It's like, guys, you got to get down. I, and I had to go talk to some of these pilots that were giving me grief saying, look, it's not because I don't trust you, but the rule is if anything comes near us and we think it's close, we have to be down in case oh, you're someone's watching. Full scale planes came close to the RC field. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Oh, guys. And by the way, some of my best shots were at the RC flying site right after it was over when all these, you know, heritage flights and jets were flying right around us because nice. we were their turn. <laughs> it uh, was awesome. Point. I, I, I would have just put a little chair right there and watched the show. It was mm. great. Uh, well, that's good to know that with just a little bit of coordination, they can coexist peacefully. Oh, it was. It that's was good precedent. Gosh, I, I, we haven't had our follow-up with the EIA yet, but I can tell you it has been so positive. We were all just commenting on how wonderful things worked, and we had a couple of EAA members or staff uh, come and visit with us, and they acknowledged that it looked like things were running really smoothly, that they had no issues. And, uh, and by the way, one of the best comments we got was we had no idea how many people would come over here to watch you guys fly. We had, like... 75% were spectators. And oh, nice. that was a good 30, 40 people just sitting there watching us fly because they wanted to have fun. So yeah. so was it easy to find you or were there signs or something to let you know people know no, you were there? No, you just had to have your app or you know be told. But the good news is I think they did a better job this year uh, of mentioning it was behind the museum. Uh, because the conflict is that there is an RC night flying thing over at Ultralights, which is after us. And so some people came to our location earlier thinking they'd come there to get a good seat, but it was actually they had to go walk another mile to, <laughs> to ultralights. 
Well, cool. I heard you went on a full-scale flight, too. I did. So Wednesday was my day off. I told my peoples, don't don't ask me for anything because I'll be gone. Take and... this job. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll be back. <laughs> just uh, today. We, just show it today. Wednesday was our great day. Uh, you know, it's not, uh, this is not about me, so I'll just quickly talk on it. Uh, Wednesday, we booked a flight for the uh, Trimotor, Ford Trimotor. And the kids loved it. It was a, really a birthday gift for Ra Austin. He's turning 18 next week. And I just told Ryan he had to come along. <laughs> I, I would have felt bad for Ryan sitting there watching us fly. So Ryan Did got you to have to twist us. his arm? Oh, it was horrible. He was like, Dad, I don't want to be in a B-20. No, it was good. We had a great time. In fact, I will just say it right now. This, and this, makes, me, this makes my heart my heart all warm and fuzzy. I asked them both on the long drive home, what was your favorite part? And they both said the Ford Trimotor flight. Really? Nice. And I'm going to say I think so, too. As much as fun as I had flying RC with my boys, which bringing my trailer, having that, by the way, the trailer story is, is another one. So if you want to cut me off and we'll save that for a rainy day, but have a great story about the RC trailer and my boys. Uh, but the flight was great. We have a lot of footage. We have a lot of pictures. I posted stuff on my Facebook page. I think both of you saw that. And so, so we, what was we, it like flying it? Was it loud, or smooth, bumpy? Uh, it was quieter than the B-25, thankfully. It was smooth, but it's very warm in there. Hmm. Um, don't think these windows open. <laughs> and, and it was it was warmer than I expected uh, on this flight. Oh, I think when I took it in Houston, it wasn't. I don't recall it being this this hot. So that was kind of bad. Other than that, the view was excellent. Oh my gosh, it was blue sky. We had we flew over sea base, which uh, if you guys don't know, it's where all the float planes are. And when we came last year, it was kind of low, kind of dead. Not many people there, so it was. There were a lot of cool planes down there at this time, and you know we taxied down the main runway and got to see everything to our right and all that stuff. It was excellent. How often do you get a chance like that to fly at the busiest, as Terry said, the busiest airport in the world? Once a year. Once a year. <laughs> well, that's yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> you're right. Because <laughs> so, I did it with the B twenty five last year. Uh, but see, like, my ears are still ringing from that B-25 flight. Holy smokes, guys. <laughs> it is so loud. It's so loud. In fact, I think Adam Drain, uh, I think he texted me. He's like, hey, how loud was the tri-motor versus the, the B-25? I was like, no comparison, man. Yeah. I think they put the mufflers, like, attach them right to the fuselage of the B-25. <laughs> <laughs> hey, cool. I'm glad you got to do all that stuff. Yeah, it was it was great. We had good weather. Well, I think it rained it drizzled for us on wednesday night for the fireworks but it didn't deter anybody from staying and let me just add that plug it is worth the cost of admission three or four times over just to watch the night fireworks show on wednesday or saturday both of my boys said is the most incredible fireworks show they've ever seen and they changed it up this year and it's going to kind of do spoilers and that's really a spoiler you've probably seen on on the Facebook and other social media, a super chipmunk was flying with fireworks around the fireworks. <laughs> it was awesome. Oh, and I, actually, wow. I didn't get to get any photos of that. It's just, it's too dark and my iPhone can't do justice. I don't know what kind of phones these other people were using. I'm seeing incredible footage from the night show, but it was so enjoyable. And my boys had a great time. And I think that for me as a dad, just sitting with your boys, having a good time, watching that show was excellent. Yeah, that sounds cool. So I will tell, just to sum up AirVenture, 
uh, get your tickets early and also take my advice. If you want any Oshkosh swag, 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 get it on Monday. I, <laughs> by the time we went to go buy stuff, Wednesday was all gone. Anything dated 2022 or in our size. There was lots of 4XLs. <laughs> really? <laughs> so, yeah, it was, oh, it was kind of frustrating. But uh, so get your stuff early. Spend more than a day. You know, try to go the whole week if you can. And you get to know the trams. They're your friend. Go to Warbirds. Walk around everything. And uh, one thing, just a little fun thing. Austin and I went all the way to what is called the North 40, which is the north end of the of Whitman Field where a lot of planes, uh, personal planes are located. And the 31 Aero Club that I'm familiar with in McKinney, Texas, they flew 35 Ugly up to Oshkosh. And now if you go back several podcasts, I have a SIG Cessna 150 that I've always wanted to paint as their Cessna 150. And I hadn't seen their new paint job. So we walked, we, we took the tram, but then we walked all the way to the North 40 and we found it and I got pictures of it. So now I have my paint scheme hmm. and it's a long way back. <laughs> <laughs> so bring your comfy shoes, folks, bring your comfy shoes. So you and took a long walk to see a ugly Cessna 150? Oh, no, this was beautiful. They that okay. Their paint job is gorgeous, so I approve uh, this message. Um, a lot of fun. If you have any other questions, uh, feel free to email us, contact at rcroundtable.com, or if you see any of our posts on Facebook, on our Facebook page, RC Roundtable, uh, post some questions there, send us messages. And I have a couple of images there. In fact, the uh, one video that's doing really well right now is, gosh, my favorite, the uh, F7F Tiger Cat. Here, here, Kitty Kitty, which is the same livery, livery, however you pronounce it, of my uh, Flightline Tiger Cat. Uh, I just love the sound of that sucker. So when we knew it was flying, I handed Ryan my camera and I had my video camera. I said, don't bother me. Stay away. <laughs> I'm going to get all the audio. And I got exactly what I wanted. This, the audio of that Tiger Cat, the, the twin Pratt & Whitney wasps, I think I call them. Yeah, oh, so, yeah. double what wasps. A, what a sound. Double wasps. Thank you, Terry. Oh, what a sound. So go go listen to that up on our RC Roundtable page. Well, I guess that'd be quadruple wasp, right? Two <laughs> there you go. Quad wasp. <laughs> well, I have a question. Do I have to email you? Um, I've got a few seconds. Go. Okay. Did you see any P-38s? I saw one. It's it's the static model they have, the Marge, oh, that's usually and, in the museum, but they did not okay. have any flying this year. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I am sad, but I will say the sound of the tiger cat was awesome. So <laughs> I, for, for it. I forget. The, oh my gosh, have you ever have you heard one live? Did you have? Yeah, right? yeah. They've, they've wings been over Houston. Houston. Yeah, yeah. Wings over Houston. Oh my god, what a sound, man. Yeah, I, mean, I remember when I was a kid, my dad took me to a tractor pool, and they had a tractor there that had I don't remember if it was four or six. Or it had multiple Allison V seventeen tens as its engines. And yeah, that was something impressive. Well, so. I I like the sound of the P thirty eight, but I have to give it one. I have to give the Tiger Cat one more point. It's just totally different. Now, here, here you know what? I'm going to pose that question to our listeners. Let us know what is your favorite sounding aircraft? Because I know there are tons of Merlin lovers out there, and they're going to say, you know, Spitfire P fifty one, and we have you know the whistling death of the Corsair and. I don't know if anybody loves the sound of the B twenty five. Maybe Ryan, uh, but I'm curious. What, what are you? They're guys? all deaf now. <laughs> exactly. What? <laughs> What'd you say, Sonny? So I'm curious, Fitz. Do you have a favorite sounding aircraft? Don't play. You're going to say zero, aren't you? <laughs> Spitfire. Really? It's the Merlin for you, huh? 
Yeah, Merlin's awesome. Okay. Fit? I mean, Terry? Um, I'm going to be unique on this one, and I'm going to say it was a, a rotary engine that I heard at Rhinebeck. Hmm. Oh, cool. Like Very really low unique. RPM? Click, 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 click. Um, <laughs> no, just so no. unique. It's like, brap, and then they, you know, they control the throttle by turning the ignition on and off. Um, there's that's no hilarious. actual throttling. Yeah, we should, so, you should, we should all fly like that. That's one of our, like, you know, challenge accepted. Mm. Just put it on a switch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, kind of I don't me know what, if it was the best sounding or just the most noteworthy because it was so unique. You kind of remind me because uh, I felt that way with the, um, the Lysander I saw in England. Mm. It had a really soothing, low growl to it. It was just kind of neat sounding. Okay. There's nothing soothing about a rotary, but yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. The the wasp, man, that was soothing to me. Well, that's a radial. Well. So I can see that. Okay. But anyway, so I'll take you guys up to Rhinebeck one day. You'll see what I'm talking about. Actually, right. I think they might have a real rotary out at that, uh, what's that King something aerodrome out there in San Antonio? King something or something. Oh, King. no. Um, uh, Kingsbury? Yeah, yeah, that one. They have some older planes there that might have yeah. for real rotaries. Yeah. Anyway, you owe it to yourself, to, even if on YouTube, just to go see what it's all about. Listen to it. <laughs> Remember how people used to buy albums with you know <laughs> one thousand and one sounds? I mean, I, I'm going to go find one, a, a large record to give Terry. That's just the sound of a rotary. Yeah. <laughs> Fifteen hours of a rotary engine. <laughs> no, it needs a rebuild after like thirty-five minutes. <laughs> Soothing work music. (laughs) All right. So we don't have to wrap up Oshkosh. You said you had some trailer tales. Oh, just that I brought my trailer and we just had fun using it. I it's, it's probably too lengthy. I don't want to bore our listeners. We'll say pocket that for our next episode. Cool story, bro. Yeah. But it it came back. How's that? I'll came back. Spoiler. (laughs) Spoiler. I still have a trailer (laughs) (laughs) with the spare tire and, all with the, the spare parts. tire, well, maybe, maybe most of the parts. Although I, yeah. <laughs> I did uh, a bonehead, and I'll tell you about that one too. I, you guys know about that. I do. Yeah, I sent you a picture. <laughs> oh yeah, whoopsie. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Yeah, whoopsie. Whoopsie right. Yeah. All right. Well, enough about Air Venture. It's great. Please put it on your bucket list if you haven't gone. It's it's a must. Terry. Oh, wait, there's one well, last yeah. thing. What what? Uh, did you get your package? Oh, no, no. Um, okay. So I guess this we have to divulge other things to talk about this. So something, a secret we've been keeping for a couple months is that I am moving from Buffalo to Green Bay. And Green Bay is about an hour north of Oshkosh. So first of all, I'm super excited to be within that vicinity of Oshkosh because I've never been. And now it looks like it will be convenient for me to be a regular. And I can also host Fitz and Lee whenever they come to Oshkosh, which should be frequently, right? Yay! So, um, as I was talking to Lee before he loaded up his trailer to come north, I'm like, hey, wait a minute. You've got the flat printer that I bought. How long ago was that? A year? You've been keeping that for me. Actually, I guess Fitz was keeping it. Yes. You were... You were both responsible somehow for acquiring that, and I appreciate that. And we said, we'll just figure out how to get it to me sometime. But, Lee, you were coming north with your trailer, which would have some empty volume. And so you worked out an arrangement to leave it at the EAA Museum, 
right? Somewhere. That's correct. So it is in my neighborhood. And once I literally moved into my new house today, like six hours ago. Um, so once I get settled in here a little bit more, I'm going to hightail it down to the EAA Museum and pick up my flat printer. And for those of you who don't know what a flat printer is, and I barely know, I just know the concept, it is a basically a router for sheet foam. So if you have a CAD drawing of some sort of design that is made out of sheet foam, this has a router bit that'll use that CAD file to cut it out. And how big is the, the platform? I guess infinitely long and what, four feet wide? Three feet wide? Three yeah, it's like, three, it's like three by four. It's like three yeah. by four. It was bigger than Ren thought it was. So <clears> I <throat> want to give my thanks to my buddy Ren, who works for the EAA, for finding a spot in one of their workrooms to put that bad boy. Yeah. So if anybody out there has experience with these things, I'm going to have to figure it out once I get it. Um, I bought it for our buddy Matthew Vodrin. Right. And um, he bought it from Crash Hancock of the Crashcast. Hmm. So this thing has a little bit of history to it. So I'm excited to get that here in my new workshop, which is completely and utterly empty at this point. Um, get it set up in there and uh, start making cool stuff. Fantastic. And maybe I can hire you to make some thunder and lightnings for me. Just mm-hmm. send me the CAD file. And the phone. And, and yeah, and lots of foam. Maybe next year, <laughs> in my trailer, I'll bring the foam. <laughs> yeah, fill that sucker with Depron. The Depron guy's down by you in Texas, right? Yeah, oh, I don't know. Yeah, there's a place. Um, I don't know, by us, but not. He's in they're, Texas. They're in Texas. I think they're in Austin area, maybe. Uh, I forgot the name of the company. Texas Foam or something like that. RC Depron. RC Depron. Yeah. So there's a Depron supplier. Lee and I need to make a road trip out there and pick some up. Yep. Well, I'm good with CF88. I just <laughs> I just need to give him the CAD drawings. Hmm. He also has rocket stuff, Fitz. Ooh. All right. So, so if you go to RC Depron, you'll see the other links. Ooh. Okay, I'm not even going to talk about what's on here, but Fitz, go go look. You'll be impressed. Hey, does I that guess you del- too, Lee. Does that delivery of the flat printer give me one free day at Shea Dunn? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It'll cover your security deposit. It was literally three men movers. (laughs) All right, fine, (laughs) fine. But forget the continental breakfast. Oh, man. Well, you know, that's okay, because the boys picked up this humongous box of cereal on our trip there, and we just ate that <laughs> during the week. <laughs> by the handful? Yes, by the handful. That's it. Right. Just that's love the best cereal. way to eat cereal. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, well, yeah. thank you. to Thanks to both of you for getting it to Houston, and thank you, Lee. Actually, I have to thank both of you again, because you got it out of... Fitz delivered it to you, and then you delivered it... Uh, thanks, you guys i owe you as usual i'll make it up to you somehow you will (laughs) (laughs) you have no idea hey and welcome to wisconsin thank you yeah everything so far is uh positive yeah i have to cover up my buffalo bills tattoos with green bay packer tattoos now (laughs) um but uh yeah i'm excited to be here and there is an rc club when I visited here while we were house hunting, I went out 
to the club. There was nobody there that day. It was super windy, but I have reached out to the, I think it was the president of the club. And um, so, yeah, the, the, I've made contact there and I'm excited to join them and go out and go flying. And this whole area, there's a lot of RC activity. So, yay, new events, new people. Yeah, I was just thinking, I haven't flown a lot except for Camp AMA and Air Venture, and that was away from home. I think I've only been to my field maybe once this year, so I'm really hoping to get back over there and fly, especially for uh, next weekend, which is National Model Aviation Day. So, oh, all right. right. I got my 13th. shirt. Yeah, I got my shirt on. I'm wearing it right now, for a matter of fact. So, really? yeah, August 13th is National Model Aviation Day. And all you have to do is go fly. That's all you have to do, folks. So I will try to do that next weekend in honor of that. And, and maybe, Terry, you can get things rolling, dig a plane maybe, out of your, out of your yeah. box. And and it's funny. We used uh, pods to move. And we did a pod originally before we put our house on the market in Buffalo because everybody's house, I hope has just tons of stuff you don't need. And so we had to clear out a bunch of stuff before we could show the house. And the first things to go was pretty much all of my workshop. So I've been workshopless for about two, maybe three months. And coincidentally, that's the first pod that's showing up. It'll be here tomorrow. So my workshop will be back in my grimy hands tomorrow. It'll take me several weeks to get it unpacked and, in place but it'll be here well you need to do anything to the workshop extra outlets or lighting or anything like that yeah i'm gonna need to set up some lights in my other workshop i had a really great setup with some led um, lights that were like fluorescents like four feet long but they were led and, and that worked great i had like six of them in there this new place has regular bulbs and so i'm gonna have to upgrade again yeah, but it's go. a good space. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a good space, and it's in the basement again, so I, I think I'll be happy with it. Yay! I'll let you know once I get things. Uh, once I map out a plan, I'll shoot some pictures and show you guys. I'm excited about it. Lights, camera, add lights, add more yeah. lights. Lots right, lights. There, you can never have too many. <laughs> exactly. Seems like I'm always adding lights. I added a light. A month or so ago, <laughs> thought I was done, and I was like, you know, I really need to lighten up this section of the garage. And yeah, I had one laying around, so I set up another. Yeah, LED. your DeLorean, your DeLorean is kind of dark. So, did you add a light over there? <laughs> Actually, I did. I put a light over it. So it's, <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah, so it was easier to work on because I was going to start. Uh, I had started um, taking the fuel pump out, and it was kind of dark. I was like, ah, okay, I'm going to put a light above it. All right, that'll be good. You have no excuse now. <laughs> no excuse. That and the air conditioner, so I'm good. Well, you're you're talking, Fitz. What have you been up to? Uh, so you're speaking of flying fields. Terry mentioned, uh, you know, he's looking for a flying field. My home flying field is open again, and so oh, I've been, JSC. JSC is open. We've been wow. open for about a month, and uh, we've actually been pretty active. I, I've gone out. I was like, wow, I haven't seen as many people out here, <laughs> even yeah. when before we closed down. Got a lot uh, of making up to do. There's people making up, people I haven't seen literally in like three years. Uh, and a couple of, two or three new members as well. Uh, and so it's uh, really nice to be back at our home field. It, it was, you know, the other clubs are nice. I don't say anything against them or anything. Uh, but it was just nothing like our own home field to, to, to fly yeah. at. Uh, so Be it ever uh, so humble. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I've been taking advantage of that, doing a few videos. I, I went out last weekend, and it was kind of funny because uh, I didn't bring a plane, but I ended up flying like four times. Yeah, real shocker there. Uh, so there was a gentleman, uh, one of the club members had one of the Viper 90s. He just pulled out of the box. In fact, he was assembling it at the field for the first time. <laughs> and uh, he asked me to made it. <laughs> What's this part? <laughs> yeah, almost. <laughs> Anybody got a screwdriver? <laughs> so, oh, I got a cautionary tale too, but I'll get to it in a second. So, uh, so he asked me to made it and fly it, and I did that. And I knew ahead of time he was going to be out there, so I brought all my camera equipment. And so I made a quick video uh, at the field type uh, uh, quick review video of that. And then... Uh, and while I was there, another guy says, hey, I've got this Habu SS that I haven't flown. Would you mind flying that and making it for me? It's like, okay. So I ended up getting a video of that too, which I should produce. It's almost done, so that'll be up this coming week. So I'm going to fly two different jets. Both are really nice for different reasons. Uh, another guy had a, a Viper 90 that he asked me to fly as well. <laughs> Instead of flying two different Viper 90s in the Habu, and was there anything else I flew? I don't, oh, I flew to Viper 90 again to get some uh, B-roll. Uh, now, it was funny. Now, I came up, when I was driving up to the field, I see a couple of people out on the runway with a plane or something. And as I'm pulling up, I see the plane take off, go straight up, and then straight down. Ooh. Yeah, it was um, it was an Avanti, the smaller Avanti, like the 70-millimeter Avanti. And it was, the fuselage was pretty much totaled. And the guy was obviously really concerned is that you know he's he that shouldn't have happened it's something obviously something seriously went wrong with the mechanics or something and he ended up uh i ended up talking to him later and he was telling me that he had taken the receiver out of another plane and put it in that plane and uh, normally it's not bad but it was one of those uh as3x receivers uh, i think he pulled it out of a t28 i'm like uh did you reprogram it and he goes, well, I, I set it up and, and the controls work right. I said, yeah, but did you reprogram the gyros in it? <laughs> and he goes, uh, no. It's like, ah, that's what happened. I bet when it put pitched up, it thought it was pitching down and in the elevator was probably reversed on the gyros or something. So. Right. Yeah, you can set it up so that it responds correctly to control movements, but it's 180 out for gyro. Exactly. So I'm laughing because I've been there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's two parts to this. So, yeah, if you're thinking of taking a, a receiver out of a plane that came with AS3X, like a T28 or something, and sticking it in another plane, you have to reprogram the gyros, not just your control directions. So he realized, he goes, oh, I didn't realize that, and yeah, that, that solved that mystery. Cause harsh lesson learned. Yeah, harsh lesson. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, we were real happy to be able to back in our field. Um, there's still some things we got to work out. We don't have our outhouse yet back. Um, going to get that worked on. And it was, there's a couple of things. They might amend the rules for certain things. I, I will get into it, but, uh, um, uh, uh, oh, and of course, um, I think I told you about the drone issue. You told me. Oh, okay, Terry. So the first day that we opened up, uh, we were, we had cleaned up things, get things ready. And then say, okay, Hey, we're, we're, we're done. Let's go fly. And we're, and we're getting some plane, somebody, we're getting our, all our stuff ready to fly, and people are starting their planes up and flying. And all of a sudden, the um, uh, the 
site security comes roaring up, pulls up, jumps out of the car, says, "Somebody flying a drone out here?" <laughs> and I, it goes, it's not an airplane, Define a drone. drone. No, he he, knew, he was very specific. He says, I, "I know you guys are airplanes. I mean, a drone." Uh, I said, "Oh," and we weren't, but we had one guy who did have a drone, and he had just turned it on, and was getting ready to fly it. And there is a new law that's been enacted that you can't fly drones over government facilities. Okay. And apparently they have a drone detector. Oh. So when he turned his on, it lit up a bunch of alarms. And oh, they've been waiting for that alarm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they wasted no time coming out there and saying, thou shalt not fly any, uh, you know, semi-autonomous uh, GPS-guided vehicles that are, that are self-reporting. He had a DJI, something or another. Uh, so, you know, if, if they just spent their time building an idiot detector, we wouldn't need a drone detector. <laughs> but it sounds like they're on the right path. If they're targeting GPS, I mean, that's where the trouble starts. So yeah, that's always been my, my stance on that. Yeah, so that was, you know, that's the things that changed. We thought we had a um, uh, sort of an agreement with them that we could fly drones, but apparently there, there was a law that overrode that, at least temporarily. The president's going to see what he can do, but for, for the time being, we cannot fly uh, the normal off-the-shelf drones like like you see commonly from DJI and whatnot. So I just thought it was funny that they they detected it, pulled out there, and a guard was very specific. So they, I know you guys fly model airplanes. That's not a problem. We're talking drones, uh, multi-rotor things, so. You know he's got some anti-drone device out there. He's just dying to use. <laughs> yeah. Shoots out a net. Say hello to my gun. little friend. <laughs> you hear? <laughs> Why is that falconer standing over there? Hey, wait a minute. Uh, so, anyways, so yeah, and I guess you saw the. Um, did we talk about the uh, Gilmore Red last time? Had I done the video on that or? Yeah, yeah. You talked about how you can't land it. Yeah, this is like the first plane I found I couldn't land. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's time you put floats on it and call it a day. Uh, yeah, I did better. Do it over grass. That was better over grass. Um, and I'm still <laughs> put working. Some, put some tundra tires on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually, you're joking. I might actually change the tires. I think that's my problem. Is those tires? I think a little on a small side. I think at least something a little oh, bigger. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, because they're they're actually pretty small, and the wheel pants don't have a whole lot of clearance, and I think that's getting me in trouble. Uh, so well, maybe I'm dumb because I thought from watching your video, it boiled down to an axle that had come loose. I think the axle came loose because I whacked it on the ground so hard. Oh, uh, so it's a chicken and egg thing. Okay. Yeah, I think that's what happened. All Although right. I had the other three pointer lander that was fine, but then it looked like the wheel got caught in something and it flipped over. Are those pneumatic wheels? No, it's some sort of weird foam rubber. So I was actually thinking of that, taking out those wheels, put some actual semi-pneumatic rubber wheels. And there's no oleos? There's no oleos. It's stiff, very stiff uh, suspension on it. Hmm. I think just some better wheels would help. I wasn't a big fan of those foam foamies. They're like solid foam rubber kind yeah. of things, which is odd because their other planes, that company has regular rubber wheels, rubber air wheels. I don't know. Probably a significant weight at that size. Yeah, but this could could use the nose weight. It's ahead okay. of the CG, so it wouldn't wouldn't hurt. 
But yeah, I mean, it doesn't have very big wings. All right. Well, let yeah. us know once you figure it out. All right. And I'm finally the 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 end is getting near for that the the Corsair from Hell. Oh my gosh, you've been working on that thing forever. I'm still working on anything. But I'm at the point now where I'm ready to start the engine. Uh, I just need to get uh, the prop, get some props on order. It was supposed to come today, I thought, but they didn't get there. Uh, Speaking of double wasps. Yeah, yeah, that's, I tell people that's the most unarf arf I've ever built. <laughs> Back when arf meant it included an instruction manual. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, no. You were not part of the SIG quick build, Cessna 150. <laughs> So I challenge you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, I guess I should mention, this is the, the Hangar 960cc Corsair, which I understand is a nice flying model, but man, this was, this must be an early ARF or something, or they just, they they gave up at some point in the design and said, that's ah, good enough. <laughs> the model was <laughs> figured out. on this thing. <laughs> yes, it, it's been a lot of work. I had no idea it was going to be this much work, and I needed I needed to get off my bench so I can start off my other stuff because I got something coming. Uh, maybe when we do our live show, I, I'll show it because it's pretty neat. But um, uh, so It's I not need, even for you, right? It's not even for me, no. It's, it's a commission bill, basically. Although this will probably work out better because you'll undoubtedly get to fly it, but you won't have to store it or transport it. That's true. Good point. Because it is a pretty good sized model. Yeah. So yeah, I'll get to fly it, have some fun with it, and then hand it off to the new owner. And uh, and it, it is neat. It's got some neat stuff, and I was doing some neat things in the cockpit and uh, and whatnot. So uh, it's been a, definitely been a learning experience. But, What's the uh, power plant? It's got a seventy cc EME twin cylinder gas engine with auto start yet i have not i don't have a prop (laughs) um i don't have i guess if i get desperate i can rip the prop off of the marine so yeah i think that's within the size range that it calls for the marine has a 60 cc so i think it's within the range um okay i might just do that just to run it i need to run it get it get it um broken in a little bit uh, but it's a nice, it barely fits the cowl, which I knew beforehand, but I had to uh, cut out a couple of small slits for the glow, the, uh, the spark plug caps. They don't stick out much, maybe a quarter of an inch, but, you know, I had to, fitting the cowl was like an all-night ex- experience, getting that thing, <laughs> just getting that cowl fit. <laughs> And I think, okay, the hard part's done. And I start looking it over, and I find another thing that takes me all all day to to work out. Just a lot of little nitpicks on that thing. Okay, but you're uh, getting there, huh? I'm getting there. Yeah, I'm at the point where, yeah, you know, like I said, I could it could stand on its own feet, and I can start it up. So, uh, really, the only thing basically to do is to finish up. It's got a cockpit details. It's got a floor and side walls and control panel it's got a sliding canopy which is really neat oh uh which i haven't put on yet and um that's about it the only thing is my it needs more than 10 channels oh because of all the stuff that's going on it needs 11 channels 11 or 12 and so i can't i'm limited how much i can set up with my radio so i've got to get um uh the other guy's radio he's got a I think he's got an IX-20 or something like that he's going to be using. Uh, either IX-12 or IX-20. I can't remember which one. But more channels than I have. 
Is the sliding canopy a stock feature? Yeah, believe it or not, it is. I was surprised. Yeah, it's interesting. You just use so. a regular servo? No, no, no. You, it's manual. You just. Oh, uh, okay. I guess you. No, no, no. T- no, no, no. It needs to be <laughs> yeah. on a servo. Uh, no, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> but even the real Corsair didn't have a, a power sliding canopy. That's true. It's a wind up, right? No, like a crank handle or uh, something? Uh, I thought they just slid it by hand, but what do I know? Oh, well, maybe. I thought, that's a good question. Uh, but it's neat how because it has a couple of magnets in the front, so when you slide it forward, it snaps to the front canopy. Well, and it's got these cool. rails built in, uh, so it was pretty clever. I didn't realize it had a sliding canopy. And I read the manual. Was, oh yeah, you just cut away the, the covering a little bit, and there's a couple of rails, and it's pretty snazzy. All right. Have you tried weight and balance yet? I have not. Um, I probably will do that since I'm still waiting for the props. I need to do the the, the weight, so I need to figure that out. So, um, you know, it's got a bigger engine than usual, so hopefully it doesn't need that much weight in the nose, but I still need to do it. So I'll probably do that this weekend. Okay. Usually we'll at keep us weight. updated. Sure. Film that maiden. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, call me. I want to be there. You want to be there? Okay. Yeah, we'll probably, we go, we'll probably go to Bomber Field to do it. Ah, uh, you bet. Speaking of Bomber, that's coming up. September. Yeah. Well, you guys just were at Bomberfield. Is this which one is this in September? The big one, the B, the B Big Bird B seventeen B seventeen and Big Bird fly in. There we go. So the last one was the Warbird. Correct. So and I guess they're both Warbird, but this one's giant scale only. Well, this one's scale, not just Warbirds. Uh, so giant okay. scale. Okay, so it doesn't have to be military. No, but it is emphasized that they want bombers there. Okay, but it does have to be big. Yes. Yeah, it's okay. it's giant scale. Yeah. Yeah, and that's right. September 15th through the 17th. All right. And by the way, just so you guys know, do you remember what I tried, who I tried to get to come to Bomber last year? And ooh, no, ooh, it was... Ooh, 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 Mr. Kata, I know. Okay, what? Uh, Bally's Bomber. <laughs> that's correct. And, and hold on, correct me. Is it Bally or Bailey? I never get it right. Uh, you know what? Tomato, tomato. Well, there's no one of them's correct. One of his well, name, one of his not. There. I'm going to well, look it up. You keep talking. I'm going to. Well, for you, once if it was lives. Bailey's, you'd think it'd be B A I, right? So it's not. Well, that's the question. All right. So we'll say Bailey's. I want to say Bailey's. Forget it. <laughs> this is where, that's what I'm sticking to until the owner changes it because he might call it something else. Anyway, okay. Bailey's, it's spelled B A L L Y. So I'm going to go Bailey. Okay. Okay. Where was I? Oh yeah. Being interrupted is where you were. Third scale B-17. I'm done. (laughs) I invited the owner of Bally's Bomber to the Big Bird event. He sent me a reply last year and said, hey, we'd love to, you know, talk more. But unfortunately, the uh, bomber was in for repair. So I sent an email out to him today and asked him to, hey, have you reconsidered coming out? We'd love to have you. Understand. He had a little a snafu at Oshkosh on his landing. He was there. I have pictures, but he lost or his right gear collapsed at one point. Ooh. And so he his prop was gone when I saw it, and the front turret was badly damaged. But the bottom turret seemed to be okay, so I'm not sure uh, how it happened. But all I know is that there was an incident, and he, you know, he, he got it fixed. So uh, he... Oh, he lives in San Antonio. I hope the plane is there. But I, again, I'm hoping we can get him to do a flyover 
at the Vommer Field. Mm. And I think there's a private airport not too far that, you know, some people know, the the owners or whatever. So cross our fingers. I wonder how that fast it flies. I've never seen it fly. I mean, except online, but I mm. didn't. I never got to see it at Oshkosh. It'd be interesting to know what this cruise speed is. Well, it's got a Wikipedia page. Oh, yeah. speaking of bad landings, you see, I saw a video of just a like twenty minutes of landings at Oshkosh, and there was a there were a couple of uh, uh, less than glamorous landings. Well, we were there. We were on the main runway when the three ten crashed. Oh, it had a gear collapse too, right? It had a gear collapse, and then he drifted into the ground. So. That held up the main runway a lot, so that was unfortunate. But the other ones were like one guy just couldn't commit. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> commit. <laughs> come, come down now. Come down now. Now. Drop the th- Now. <laughs> he just kept going and going and going. So, uh, But, yeah, there are a couple of snafus. There's been some bad accidents. There was an F-16 that I think uh, went down to one year. Ooh. So, well, isn't that where Jack Roush crashed his biz jet? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's on video, yeah. He, he I mean, you get that many airplanes there. I mean, the, yeah. the odds are. Yeah, yeah I heard somebody one. ground looped an L-19 pretty hard. Oh, I saw that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He went He went way out there, too, when he ground looped. I saw so one. It was almost a crash. It was a Bonanza, VTEL Bonanza. The guy came in. I don't know what, if he got waved off or he got uh, cold feet, and he sort of just wallowed in the air. And at one point, he mushed down to about a foot or two off the runway. It looked like he was going to slam on the runway, but he pulled out of it and just kept flying to go off. It was really weird. Saved by ground effect. Yeah. Anyways. Well, if you're ever bored during the day, go to the uh, FAA's website, and they have a list of incidents broken down by, maybe it's per day, and it's pretty amazing the number of insignificant to fatal accidents that happen oh yeah I used, to, day. I used to look at that all the time yeah i mean Oof. most of you may see that you know vfr pilot flies into ifr conditions um or you know just silly stuff um but yeah stuff happens all the time so yeah. it's, when you get all those airplanes together at oshkosh it's not surprising that there's a few oh yeah mix-ups. thousands of planes but anyways uh so i heard um bomber this year or have some big name vendors i think horizon is going to be there for the first time in, I don't know, ever. Really? Or for a long time. Really? That's what That's I heard, neat. yeah, they're going to be there. I mean, they're <laughs> in like 80%, their servos are in 80% of the aircraft there probably. <laughs> 64, 645 MGs. Oh, did you say, well, high-tech, I meant high-tech. That's high-tech, yeah. High-tech's going to be at the Neat Fair this oh, year. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, cool. And you're not. <laughs> right, and I'm not. my <laughs> <laughs> Hey, here's a quick question. You mean, you said neat. It does pose a question I, I was talking about earlier. What's the biggest electric fly-in in the U.S.? Probably Ceph. Yeah, I was thinking Ceph. Pretty sure Ceph's bigger than neat. And it, what do you qualify as biggest? Most number of pilots. Then probably Flight Fest. Yeah, I was going to say go. Flight Fest. Cool. Flight Fest, Ceph, then neat. I guess we're not going to neat, huh, Fitz? I guess I'm not. <laughs> but we're, we're going, then. But we're going to air venture. <laughs> yeah. Is there any big flyings up near your way, Terry? I don't know yet. RC flying? I'm sure. I know there are events. I don't know the scale of them, but I'll figure it out and let you know. Yeah. Interesting. You, mm-hmm. 
Uh, speaking of events, Richardson Swap Meet is coming up in a couple of weeks. Wait, what did you guys just go to? Oh, Weatherford. We didn't go to Weatherford. Where did you, what's the one you went to a month or two ago? A couple that, of shows ago. Well, I went to Granbury to the new Wham's Field. Right, but yeah. you guys went to a swap meet. What was the... Scoby? I can't keep him straight. No. Perry? No. <laughs> <laughs> one in, like, around Dallas somewhere, I thought. No, this is the one around Dallas. This is the one around Dallas. It was, it was right. a year ago. Last okay. year I, we went... Apparently, I'm just confused. Confused? Yeah. Well, this is Richardson, Texas. Swap meet just north of Dallas, if I remember correctly. Uh, really nice swap meet. Probably one of the bigger ones in the state. Uh, so we, I've reserved a couple of tables. And it looks like Lee and I will be heading up there to okay. buy and sell our wares. Yes. Fun. And, take uh, pictures. Maybe do a pictures. live walkthrough. Yeah. yeah. See what kind of goodies we can find. Tell them who your favorite round tabler is and get a 10% yeah. discount. Yeah. With any luck, maybe we can uh, go Buck Sparky a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. You should. I'm sure he's got something fun cooking in his workshop. Oh, yeah. I think he just so said- you know, it's it's called the Richardson Radio Control Club on Facebook, and their website is rrcc.org. <laughs> you stutter. <laughs> <laughs> No, All right. it's R-R-R-C-C. That's exactly <laughs> it, okay? You're making fun of me, but I didn't say, I didn't go R-R-C-C. You have to be a pirate to join the club. That or a seal. R-R-R-R. Anyways, we should po- we'll should we probably post something, a uh, flyer or something on our Facebook page. We already page do. The, oh, did we? The okay. event, yeah, the event is on our Facebook page. All right. Well, look so forward to going. Did you even mention what day it was? Because you just said, like, coming up. But it's Saturday, August 20th. There you go. And Thank the, you. At the Allen High School Cafeteria. And it's from 8 to 3. And they have an auction later in the day. That's mm. 1 to 3. And admission is 5 bucks. Oh, cheap. Lee, I am so proud of you right now. What you did I did my research? the lack of details. Well, no, you just you saw the vacuum and you filled it with useful information. Thank and you. then the the tag the I usually is... accept that role, but it even flew over my head. So, oh. congratulations! You're the new me. Well, we we are an event sponsor, so we should know what we're talking about. Mm. But oh, are we? Fitz, yeah, Fitz and I will be there with bells on, and I'm sure Fitz. Well, do you have Cox Fuel to sell? Uh, I probably will. Yeah, I'm. I might need one. So, could you send bring one up for me? Yeah, mix them up. He calls oh, it Fitz Fuel, but yeah. It's with fuel, yes. Yeah. Well, I had some uh, requests to make some oddball stuff lately that's been Again, popular. more oddball? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm... Not for Cox, for some bigger glow engines. Some of the local oh. guys says, hey, can, I need, can you mix this and kind of this? And Yeah, sure, try this. And it worked out pretty good. So So it fits as custom fuels. Custom fuels, yes. Uh, oh, defits. Oh, de- <laughs> <laughs> Just a little dab between behind the ears. Well, they do say it smells good, so hey. I want my Fitzfield to smell like brute. Brute. <laughs> <laughs> By men. Oh, man. <laughs> Brings when all you the burn it, it smells like cookies baking. All right, we have more stuff to talk about, right? We do. Do we want to talk about best, or is it too early? It's never too early. Oh to my gosh! Slap yourself, Fitz. Hard. <laughs> uh, all right, hold on. Ow! Hey. 
which which reminds me, gosh, oh, I I'm such terrible with names, and I probably should have wrote their name down, but I was so busy at the RC Flying event. But we had several guys from Texas, except one guy was from California, so we forgive him. But there were several guys from Texas hanging out there at the RC Flying event, and I introduced them to Bess, and I just like stared them with devil eyes and said, you are going to best. <laughs> you know? oh, no best. Like, be there. You hear my henceforth will be going to best. <laughs> All right, best. Best electric in South Texas. First weekend of October, uh, which would be October uh, single digit number. Two-ish. It's it's a two. For some reason my calendar's not coming up. The yeah. Saturday is uh, the oh, first. it's one and two. Excuse me. So it's October first. Uh, excuse me. October first is the Saturday. Yeah. Uh, I will show up on Thursday, the 29th. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so come hang out with me, so. and we will do some field work, and we uh, love doing that, helping out the Tri County Barnstormers. Uh, it's it's the event, folks. It's all electric. Bring your lipos. Bring your electric planes. Uh, bring your family and we'll have a good time. Saturday usually is the best day to come out there and we like to eat. So usually Saturday evening we all order food or we'll go out to dinner mm. and then uh, on occasion Fitz and I will record a podcast. Yeah. I think we usually do that Saturday night, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And, and like Lee, I'll probably get there early, either Friday morning or Thursday afternoon myself if you're not there two days early you're late <laughs> i think i think sparky comes out there a couple, like wednesday or something Is that no he right? comes out thursday he comes out thursday. Is there's thursday okay yeah. but i'm just like i'm starting to tinker in my head can i have my trailer finished and possibly you know set up for me to sleep in i normally tent out there at least the past what eight or so years mm. but i may convert that sucker or put an ac in it and sleep in my camper really sleep my, in my the, camper wow cargo well cargo trailer yeah, Ooh, fancy. He's gonna it's a run nice a trailer. duct it's, from yeah. from Fitz's car over to your car, or over to your trailer. <laughs> run, a, run, a, run an AC duct from his it's, trailer. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, I mean my trailer's gonna be nice. I'm gonna have mine all painted interior. I'm, I'm working on mine. I already insulated the roof, so. Oh, wow. But I digress. Best coming up. Make plans. Be there. It's it's a hell of a lot of fun, folks. It is. I always look forward to it every year. I've been prophesizing too from some of the local guys. Like you're coming to Best, right? And at least one or two are going to make it up as well. So, and one guy has a big camper, but I think he says he's going to park off site. Huh? The, Who knows? Okay. I might go. Cra- I might just go crazy and get a huge RV and tow my trailer and make a party out of it, man. <laughs> <laughs> tow your your suburban towing the trailer. Yeah, towing the RV. Big, yeah. big caravan. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that before. I've seen an RV towing a car with a boat attached. Well, I guess Jeez. towing a truck with a boat. Yeah. Wow. I don't know how you get, like, how do you do the drive-thru with that? <laughs> or or for that matter, how do you get around any corner? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm hoping they'll have that Legend Model P38 ready for best. Ooh. What are the odds? We'll get to it. Well, I've, I've already taken everything out of the box and I've been reading the manual, so... The odds are good. The odds are in my favor. All right. So we need to incentivize this. This this isn't some Fitz Corsair we're talking about. No. <laughs> you don't know yet. No, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Till you start it. Well, we'll see. I, and you know what? Just a little side note, and we'll we'll touch on this in another podcast probably. I'm going to be making my. Let's try this. 
in first intentional purchase of digital servos in order to program them. Like I have digital servos that are pretty much just like analog that came with planes. I don't do anything with them. I just treat them as standard analog servos. But uh, because of the number of flap servos that are needed for this P38 and all that jazz, I want to I want to really learn how to program these suckers. So I'm looking forward to that little future process. So oh. I've already been doing a whole bunch of research on the high the new. I say new, but uh, there are some new high tech D servos. So D for digital. Yeah. Well, what's the programming interface? Uh, it's a there's they have two there's one that can plug into a laptop or a computer and then this other one was a handheld it's like a hpf 30 i think that's the programming module it sounds like a sunscreen yeah it's yeah not spf oh okay HPF. anyway so SPF. We'll, we'll we'll have another discussion on digital servos and see if anybody else uh, does programming intentionally not talking about programming your transmitter to endpoints and stuff. We're talking about actually programming the servo itself first before installing your aircraft. Yeah, that's something I've never done. So I would be interested to hear your experience with that. Yep, hoping to work with the high-tech guys. We actually had a conversation with them on model aviation for a live show with Jay Smith. So I have contacts. Mm. So they had mentioned some new model numbers, and I wrote some down. They're all in my hobby shop. But anyway, just going to play with that. Just uh, It'd be fun to experiment. That was released as an AMA podcast, too. So I listened to that on the drive to Green Bay. Oh, I, you guys missed the, the post 30-minute show. <laughs> right. Well, everybody but you did. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. It's like, that should, have been, that should have been the Patreon right there. That was awesome. Yeah. Speaking of Patreon and bonus content, <clears throat> fellas. Hello, Joe Nall. Oh, hello. You guys talked about all the interviews you did. Yeah, and that's how we were going to release that. But that's that's on me. That's on me. I will. Now that I've been uh, called out, I will try to get on that. Thank you. I think it's evergreen. Right? It doesn't have to be around the event. Okay. If you did a good job interviewing, anyway, it would uh, always be interesting. Uh, I mean, we really only had the main interview with AJ, so that's. That one's good. My other no, one. No, you interviewed the number two guy, right? Well, I, it wasn't set as an interview. I started recording after we started talking, so it was more of just to listen or you know have it down in history, so I could refer back to it. It wasn't a true interview. I see. Well, okay. well I got the interview too with the owner of um, Carf. Oh, the Carf. Car, yeah. Okay. Comp Art. Yes. That's it. So those those two we'll put out. I thought it was a okay. third one. I thought I had another one, maybe. Okay, I will check. I don't know. I put it on Dropbox, I, so. I am sorry. Okay. Right, tell you what, Lee, going back to best a little bit here, if you get that P-38 flying in time for best, then two free nights at the Green Bay Hostel. Oh. Wow. <laughs> With room service? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> will you warm my bath towels for me? It'll be a <laughs> mint on the pillow. Will you fold the bath towels into animals? On the <laughs> right. So there you go. That's your incentive. All right, I'll work on it. It's it truly is an arf. So I'm feeling tired and think you're ready to turn I'm in. No, no. Pretty sure tired. I just jinxed myself big time after that. So. <laughs> All right. So you guys keep listening to the podcast. We'll see where Lee stands on building the P38. Right, okay. We need everybody's help in 
pushing Lee to the finish line. It's literally two months away, so it's less than two months away. So, so yeah, get cracking. It'll come quicker than you think. I remember right, having well, similar conversations with the quick-built Cessna. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. No, I'm pretty sure after I saw the halves of that thing, I knew it was going to not be a simple thing. We'll see. We'll see. I, the good news is there's a really large thread on RC groups on it, so I should be able to yeah, nice. keep up with uh, any issues people have had. Yeah. All right. So I need to bring I his... saw, just FYI, I saw a guy selling one that he finished with some detail for $1,200. Ooh. That's a good price. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. It yeah, was neat. Well right. I mean, he, he did some major improvements on it, so. But I do have, I do have electric retracts on mine, so. Cool. I, mean, right. I guess I need to bring something for you to, to chase chase you around with. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Who's hey, spe- speaking of P38, I'm going to toss this in there because it was nice. I had some nice compliments. I threw in my Phase 3 P38 in my trailer right before we left. Really wasn't sure okay. I was going to have it. And it wasn't until Saturday, the last day, and I was still flight boss, that... Someone said, Haley, I know you really want to fly that. So, you know, well, first off, I did get to fly it as soon as we got there. As soon as the flight line was open, I flew mine first before anybody showed up. But it flew great. And then at the end of the day, someone said, hey, why don't you go ahead and fly? There's only one other pilot in the air. So I got the P-38 out, and I had a lot of people come up to me afterwards and say, oh, that was really cool. What is that? You know, kind of thing. So that Phase 3 flies so well. It really is a nice little plane. I'm so glad I got another one. Yeah, cool. Congratulations and all that. Thank you. I, I do need to count how many P-38s I have and then compare that to the number of zeros in Fitz's <laughs> hangar. Model fight. What else do we have, Fitzeruni? What else do you want to chat about? Before we started the show, you were piddling with some batteries and stuff. <laughs> you should have you saved the air venture for the end then. <laughs> Could have gone <laughs> with a bang, man. That was awesome. Oh, batteries. Well, I mentioned on our Facebook page that I have been going through some batteries, and it kind of ties into AirVenture, because when we left, I was like, man, I don't know where all my batteries are, so I'm just going to bring every bag I've got. And when we were there, I was going through some batteries that were very old, very puffy, very questionable. How long have I had this battery kind of thing? And it made me realize I I haven't spent time sorting through all of them and, and getting rid of some questionable ones, so... Uh, my new 406 Duo charger, my iCharger. iCharger. That's the company? I guess. Is is it iCharger? Is that the company? Yeah, is it the best brand? I can tell. That's their name, iCharger. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. And it has... The Apple. The Apple iCharger. <laughs> uh, I have not been, I guess studious in my ways about monitoring the internal resistance or what we call IR in these batteries. I typically just grab my batteries. I'll check the voltage for each cell. If the voltage is questionable, I'll put it on my charger. I'll run a balance and check it. And then I'll cycle the battery to see if it's taking all all the energy, <laughs> photon, whatever you call it, all the ions and it's such to, uh, to capacity. And so if I get a battery that's like a 1300, it only charges up to a thousand, I'll toss it. Because that's, that's just been my way. But this new 406 Duo, I say new, it's been out for a while, uh, really is, is nice. The screen displays the IR setting of each cell while it's charging. And I just happened across a battery. It was a Glacier battery. I was really surprised. And I was looking at the IR. I was like, is that right? And I just started, I, I turned off the charger. I plugged it back in. I was watching. And I had one 
cell that was around like 15 milliohms. And then another cell was like at over 20. And then the middle cell was like 48. <laughs> it was like, I sent y'all a picture, right? I mean, it was like, I said, I think this battery's bad. And Terry just chimed in and said, yeah, that's a, that's a goner. And it's like, it started making me go through my other packs. And I started finding similar batteries that I just had cells that were just not balanced. Now, surprisingly, some of my older batteries that I thought were bad, I plugged in. And sure enough, they had low ratings. Like many of them were under 10 for each cell. And they were close enough where they matched. So I sat there and started going through my batteries and, you know, realized I've got, I had about eight cell battery packs that were just really far off that are, that are not worth the risk. You know, you just say, gosh, if it's over 20 milliohms different between cells, that really should not be in your arsenal. Yeah, my understanding, and I wrote about this in my latest column. Yes, plug your s- column, Terry. Well, that too, yeah. If you, if you guys aren't aware, I write the electrics column for Bottle Aviation Magazine, yada, yada, yada. And, and but just by coincidence... This latest issue, I'm, I, I didn't write most of it. Um, it was guest-written. Um, but it's not so much the total internal resistance, it's the delta between the cells. So you're not looking for any specific value that's a plus or minus. It's just if they differ, I forget what the value I said was. But if if the cells within a pack are different from each other, then the total's not so much a factor. Yeah, well, and I watched... Oh, it, sorry, Fitz. It, well, it still is the total because it's summed because the cells are in series. So if you... St- well, I'm saying a... Let's just throw some numbers out there and maybe I'm pulling this out of my butt. Let's say it's 10 milliohms for one cell. That would be not a factor if all three of them in a three-cell pack are 10 milliohms. But if one is 10 and the other two are three milliohms, that would be a red flag. Absolutely. And that's what I was getting at. In fact, there's a, there are a couple of good videos on YouTube that talk about checking your internal resistance, or again, IR, for your cells. And one guy pointed out that what he does, which I think is kind of nice, is that when he gets a new pack... He does the IR check and he marks down on the pack what they started at. So like typically a new pack, and I can tell you this from from fact because I recently bought a whole bunch of new lipos to replace my bad ones. And most of my new cells are between two and six milliohms at brand new, fresh. And he okay. puts he put for each cell he puts down a number on his lipo pack he tapes over it so it stays there so he knows where it started and he goes well, if I get a pack that starts going up to fifteen to twenty milli ohms per cell he goes I know I've kind of reached the end life or quality performance life of that lipo battery and I'll move on and and but in my case and I'm looking at the photo now so the battery I showed you guys was it was twenty two forty and eleven oh okay forty is difference. really high. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and guess what? This pack wasn't puffed either. And it was a brand like a brand that we the glacier is a big brand here. And I was like, I was really surprised it was so bad. So again, I find this interesting. I'm surprised I hadn't been on board with this before, but it has changed my mind. And now I'm sitting here going through every lipo battery I've got and and I'm checking them and I feel safer about it. You've got a new toy. Well, I, well, the charger is, is the new toy, and so it helps. But I did pick up a, um, a little thing here, and I, this is what Terry was talking about. I was beeping earlier uh, while they were chatting. I have a little Tenergy 5-in-1 cell meter that does uh, you know basic capacity checker, but it also has a, a 
an IR setting in it so you can check each cell. So that's handy. And <laughs> I lost, so five, someone five-fingered my high-tech uh, cell checker at Camp AMA, so I bought me an extra one. So now I have a couple, and I think it's just handy to, to buy more than one, guys, of these little cell checkers to keep in your arsenal because I will say, not only do you need to check the quality of your packs, but you should check a, the voltage of every pack before you fly like that guy should have at the RC flying site at the AMA when he took off and immediately went into LVC and then said to me, oh, I grabbed the wrong battery. <laughs> yeah, that's really, that. well, PSA. my next my next column is about that. It's like you're reading my mind, man. You're freaking me out. You were talking about my toys, so I like <laughs> I like cell checkers. This and this uh, the Tenergy one I like. We had we had one of these at Camp AMA, so that's why I, I think I picked it up because I was using it when I couldn't find my high tech, and it, it was uh, it's very lightweight. It's very simple to use. It's it's the screen's bigger definitely than the high tech one. So uh, get your cell checker, and if you think about it, get one that reads IR and check those cells. If you've got some like Fitz just said, if it's something over forty, and uh, it's like not a big pack and that re- that starts around 40 that's uh that's a red red flag yeah and it's robbing you of a power a lot of power as well so you know josh bardwell had a comment on his video that he said you know even if you have a pack that's kind of puffy he goes i have one here and he showed it and he goes you know all the ir ratings on this are around 10 he goes i'm i will use this pack he goes i'm not this pack is a good pack you know it, i he goes i cycle it i check it it's good don't just judge it on that he goes but a puffy pack usually will wear out sooner so yeah, I've seen people pull out some really, really puffy packs. Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, they're like round; they're no longer rectangular. <laughs> did, did you pump that battery up before you put it? In the yeah, plane? really. How many psi did you bicycle pump it? <laughs> yeah, why do you have that air pump? You don't have uh, pneumatics. I don't know. I pump, up, pump up my lipos. They're lighter that way. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. I uh, heard a theory the other day that the lipos that are more likely to puff are made in factories that don't have air conditioning systems, so they're built in more humid air. So when they're sealed up, there might be some humidity in the cell. Oh, and that causes the corrosion, which is puffiness. Yeah. Well, I'm I don't know if there's any truth to that at all, but that's what I heard. Well, something, a question people always ask, is like, what brand do you like and so forth? And I'll tell you guys, for the past two or three years, uh, maybe a little longer, I have been pretty happy with these z batteries z e e e that i get on amazon i started buying them for my tugboat just to try out the hard case and boys they are solid they are rock solid i i'm gonna i'm knocking on wood because i might jinx myself already i don't think i have any of them that are puffed and every time i've checked them with my meter they're all balanced i'm happy with that well i imagine the tugboat's a low uh, amp draw situation do you have any where you really push them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I'm saying I started with the Zs for the tugboat, and then I bought Zs for the Timber X. So now I strictly oh. use the Z2600 4Ss in my Timber X, and it's a bat out of hell. Yeah, I was going to say, those, you know, just because the battery has high IR doesn't mean it's totally useless. Like I said, low current uh, uses, like, a boat, you know, slow boats and maybe RC cars just for bashing around and stuff, they may be okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't mean, I, I just meant that I, that's how I tried them out and, yeah. you know, it, it worked okay because I have, by the way, I have some name brand, I think Max Amps and what's the other one I have? I got another one for our cars 
and they are just awful. They never stay charged. They're, I, I, I need to go check them. I need to go check their IRs. They're probably horrible. That'll be fun to, to follow up with you guys on. But um, then I, when I started using the soft packs for my other aircraft, I've been happy. In fact, I was telling the guys, I'll just make it quick. I, I have a Flightline Tiger Cat that I really like, but the batteries that I use for it are small because I can't get anything bigger in it. But I recently acquired two 3700 four S packs for it and they fit. So that's a good thing. I get an extra amp of juicy juice for my tiger cat. Yeah. I just, nice. just wanted to say, if you have a battery that's not holding its charge, that means it's, it's developing an internal short and it's, it's toast. Just get rid of it. Oh, Oh, thank you. Uh, you were talking about short. One thing I also have to praise this charger, this uh, 406 duo for is next to, besides SR, you have a total internal resistance setting at the bottom, but it also showed this LR rating. Do you know what that is, Fitz? LR? When you're charging at the, yeah, LR. Inductance resistance? No. <laughs> no, what's no. LR? Line resistance. Line resistance? The actual charge cord line. Well, the actual complete. that out? I don't know, but I'm going to tell you right now, buddy, um, I was charging two different batteries, and I noticed my LR on one battery was much higher than this other one. So hmm. I switched the batteries, and I had the same reading on on each side. So I was like, okay, well, it's not the battery. And then I changed the cords over, and it followed the cord. And then I realized this one charge cord that I made years ago that has a Deans on it, it has a much higher resistance. It's acting like one big resistor than the stock one that came with the Duo charger. Hmm. So it's like the, the things you don't know. So it's like, I need to replace that sucker. Oh. I wonder if it compares the balance port voltages to the... There you go. That's it. That's got to be what it voltage. does. Yeah. Yeah. There Interesting. That's pretty yeah, so easy. I, I'm finding the value of the, the expensive charger I bought. <laughs> now if it'll just make coffee. <laughs> it probably would. Does it have one of those... Uh, cordless chargers on it no but did i mention it has a servo tester built in oh that's uh, well i think that's handy is it handy well yeah if you ever want to center a servo and just you know can't find your little servo tester you got your charger handy just plug the servo in switch the menu center servo you're done okay Hmm. okay you didn't like you don't like that feature no i'm i'm mulling over when a charger is more convenient than my little servo driver that fits in my pocket if you can't find your servo driver. Okay. There you go. And you still have to power your servo driver. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know how to plug it anymore, but it, there is that feature. And, and it has a USB port, so you can charge your phone while you're charging and checking all your batteries. One of my chargers has that, and that is surprisingly handy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so I'm going through my batteries. I encourage everybody else to give it a shot, and I hope that Terry and Fitz do the same and let me know if they come up with anything interesting in their arsenal of batteries. I'll need to do uh, that because I have the same charger basically that you do, so I'll need to go check it out. Yeah, just grab five and see if you can find a, a bad seed. Yeah, especially my older. I have a bunch of older batteries. So I'll need to look at that. I know there's you one or co- two that are not, that are kind of wonky. <laughs> do you have a Kokum? <laughs> Uh, I might still have a Kokum somewhere. <laughs> Believe it or not. Try that, man. See if it has tabs on it. You may not have tabs well, on it. Well, yeah, my Kokums didn't have balance ports, so yeah. eh, it's probably not going to do that. <laughs> I think it was way back. Yeah. 
Thunder Tigers too, but all my Thunder the, all the Thunder Tigers I have still have the TP tap, so can't use Thunder it. Power. Yeah, what did I say? Thunder yeah. Tiger. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Thunder, Thunder Power. power. They have yeah. a different type of tap. They're still around. Really? Okay. Should they still make hobby batteries? <laughs> oh yeah, at three times the price. <laughs> yeah, I never see them. See, <laughs> yes. my Thunder Powers are good to me. Okay. Mm. All right. I, I, have, I have two left. Yeah. That's it. I met I met the owner many years ago. Huh. Him and uh, the guy did Tannic packs. They were Urcha. Oh, Tannic! Yeah. Oh man! Yeah. <laughs> I remember when batteries were as big as a brick. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny back then they were real expensive. Oh, no kidding! I I, I just remember soldering sixteen sub C cells for my first brushless motor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I did the it same was a thing. miracle. Yeah, it was a miracle. I had a I had a ten C pack in my ten C lipo. I think that was the most incredible thing, right? Because <laughs> they were first, they were like what five C, two C at first, uh, ten maybe or five or ten. Yeah, yeah, five or ten. Oh man, we, we're going down a little rabbit hole yeah. here. Is yeah. what else do we want to chat about? Do we have anything else on our list of topics? Are we supposed to have a wheel by now? We talked about having a little spinny wheel yes. of topics. Well, you could decide. We had. The most popular video, something about B thirty six jet fuel and the AMA B thirty six on display. Just uh, well, the B thirty six would be a quickie. So we talked. Was it our last episode? It seems so long ago. When uh, Lee and I were sharing the story about being at the Air Force Museum, that I was bugging our tour guide and drained with questions. One of the questions was for the hybrid airplanes that had turbojets and piston engines. Did the turbojets burn avgas? Oh yeah, and and so I posed that question to or our audience, but nobody in our audience responded. Um, but I also posed it specifically to George Wilson, who is our friend that does uh, he deals with aviation fuels, and also Adam went and asked some of his sources. The consensus now is that the turbojets did indeed burn avgas. Then. Hmm. So, interesting. Yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah. yeah, I thought so. I wonder how efficient it was, Avgas versus Jet A or whatever. I don't know. Apparently, it was worth any loss in efficiency for the simplicity of not having a separate fuel system. Yeah, that's true, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it's a good question. Very good question. Well, thank you. These are the things that keep me awake at night. <laughs> <laughs> so since we're talking about B-36s, and that's what prompted the question before, uh, Lee, what's the deal with the B-36 at the AMA? So I will have a post next week on the National Model Aviation Museum social media page, both probably on Facebook and Instagram. There is a B-36 model that was donated to the museum. It has never flown, but it is massive. Did I ever send you? I think I did last year when I went. I think you talked about it. You did. I th- yeah, I think you talked about it on here. Yeah, it's yeah. this huge B-36 that filled the entire uh, cargo area, whatever you call it, uh, it, room in the back, okay? And it was just, it's just amazing. And I think that the thing that I touched on that I thought was so cool was that the tires were from ashtrays, from like oh, right. Firestone yeah. ashtrays. So it's just too big to put out in museums. So what they've done is they've decided to uh, take the fuselage and hang it on the wall and then lean one of the wings up at an angle because it is taller than the ceiling. 
to just have parts of it on display so people can enjoy it. And the new scale section, and I don't know if these are like all award-winning or just special aircraft, but in this corner of the museum, they're putting in new models, and Brett Becker's U-2, his Top Gun-winning U-2, is already hanging from the ceiling. And the B-36 is right next to it. So I recently came across a web page that talks about this plane that Michael Smith, the curator of the museum, sent me. And, <laughs> I mean, it, this is a picture of the B-36 when it hung in this guy's house. <laughs> it's huge. Well, it was a, ooh, what kind of mansion did he live in? Pretty sure he was single. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I have I have this link. I will share it. So, uh, guys, just stay tuned. I'll post the, a copy of the museum post on RC Roundtable's Facebook page when it comes out because I just think it's so cool that there are people out there that just do this. They love aircraft so much that they're willing to, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like making what is it called Devil's Tower in your bedroom during like close encounters. <laughs> you know, remember that you know, that scene when Richard Dreyfus is building the huge full, you know, whatever scale it is in his 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 living room. You know, this guy built this huge B thirty six in his living room. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. I I know a guy. He lived in a condominium, and it was not a big condominium. He built a full size ultralight airplane in his living room. <laughs> he built a mini max and he he hauled it out in pieces hmm. and put it together. Fit it through the door. Uh, I think he had to modify. He had like a double French doors. He had uh, to modify that to fit the. Maybe it was the horizontal stab, but yeah, it was a fuselage and then each wing half. But I remember going to his house and it was in there in the living room, sitting on the main gear. So it can be done. Well, I'll <laughs> I'll share this with you. It's really cool. I. Personally, I, w- I wish someone would have taken the opportunity to, to, to restore it. And gosh, dare say, even get it to fly. I would love to have seen that. But I'm yeah. just glad it's going to be on display and uh, people can enjoy it. Video, so, we'll anyway, I'll, I'll get that out there and we'll uh, follow up. Okay. All right, cool. All right, well, I guess we'll uh, wrap this thing up. We've been yakking for quite a while. And uh, uh, I know you guys had a lot to get off your chest. So, uh this has been quite entertaining from both of you guys. Yeah, I'm really hoping we do a live show real soon. Because you, yeah. you mentioned an unboxing, Fitz. Yes. You've been sitting on that thing for a while. I haven't even opened it. It's been sitting in the, sitting on the floor in the, in the workshop. So Good boy. I think the return period has closed by now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm itching to see what's inside of it. It's got a little bit of weight to it, so. Let's do this sooner than later. So let's try to get that out ASAP so we have an episode 157 right behind this one. Okay. And uh, if you guys uh, have any ideas for us to talk about on the live show, please send us an email. Contact at rcroundtable.com. We'd love to hear from you. And we'd love for you to participate as well. Yeah. Yeah. We'll post the, when we have the date set, we'll post it. And you guys can follow us on our YouTube or Facebook channels. Yes. All right. All right, on that note, I guess we should uh, blow this taco stand. You guys got any last words before we uh, click that button that says stop? Check those lipos. Check those lipos, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Anti-disestablishmentarianism. There you go. (laughs) On that note, we'll see you later, my friends. Okay. (laughs) If you say so. Uh, I insist. 
visit our website at rcroundtable.com, where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts, where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening.